Sometimes security keeps people out, and sometimes it keeps things in. This world is a strange one. Security guards have often awkward and dangerous jobs. Some of them deal with unpredictable people, while others tend to empty, lonely buildings with nothing but themselves and a flashlight. You can only imagine how creepy it can be to work as a security guard. Well, actually, let's get a taste right now by checking out these allegedly true stories from security guards. But first, go to patreon.com slash darkness prevails to find out how to unlock hours and hours of bonus episodes. Also, I'm planning a new video on creepy doubles and doppelganger stories. So if you've got one, send it to us at darknessprevails.org. Now, grab your torch and try not to be caught alone in the dark. Number one, ghost stories from a shipping plant. Submitted by Tom. I've worked security for a few years now. If there's one thing I've learned while working security, it's that we often experience some creepy things. There is one place I remember clearly, in a certain rural Tennessee town. I worked at a big building that used to be a packaging and shipping product company. They would distribute various wares to stores. It ran 24-7 and was only closed on Christmas. At least, when I was posted there, that's how it was. When I signed on, there was an old guard who had been there for years. One night, he told me that it used to close on weekends, and during that time, security would be the only ones in the building. They would hear screams from nowhere, as well as disembodied voices all over. I didn't believe him. I thought he was trying to scare the new guy, nor did I ever hear those voices. Though, I did have a few experiences, all of which can be backed by at least one other witness. Before I continue, I should describe the posts where most of this happened. The entire facility is fenced off. There is an entrance in the front for employees and contractors. Around the back, there are two gates, one for truckers and the other for what is called a yard dog. Basically, our own private truckers who would move trailers between our two local sites. Across the street, there was a lot. This is where drivers who were over their time could go to sleep. The first gate had a small shack and would be manned by two people. The other one had a smaller shack we called gate two. These experiences happened at the back gate and gate two over my time there. This first experience happened to a friend of mine. After midnight, the back gate had the task of doing hourly patrols. It would take about 30 minutes on foot, but maybe 10 minutes in a car. So normally we used our own cars to drive it and get it done faster. It was my friend's turn, let's call him CM, to do his rounds. He drove off and about two minutes later, he already came back and he was broken down into tears. He was a coworker and a close friend of mine. So right away, I asked him what was wrong. He told me, I, I drove through this mist. It was like an odd fog and suddenly I heard some strange music. I was just overwhelmed with utter sadness and honestly, I felt the urge to kill myself. So I had to come back. I can't go back out there, man. After he told me this, he flat out refused to go on any more patrols that night, though soon afterwards, other guards and myself would not blame him. 
One cool night, I decided to do the patrol on foot and I had a bright flashlight with me. As I walked along rows upon rows of empty trailers, I heard loud banging coming from inside one. Now it's not unheard of to have vagabonds and animals that had climbed into the trailers and part of my job was to check for them. If we found anyone like that, we would call the proper authorities for the situation. I walked up to the trailer and peeked inside and as soon as I did, the banging stopped. As I looked around with my flashlight, the trailer was completely empty. This sent a chill down my spine and gave me goosebumps. I decided to walk away since technically there was nothing there. As I got to the front of the trailer, I heard this laugh that chilled me to the core and filled me with fear. Immediately, I ran back to the guard shack and then I swore never to do the patrols again. On another night, I was with a female guard who we simply called Sarge due to her ranking and hard to remember name. One night we were sitting and talking, just passing the time. We suddenly saw a humanoid figure standing square in the middle of the unlit lot. He seemed to stand still until we both began staring at him. Then he raised his arms towards us and started to try to wave us down but his movements were, for a lack of better terms, off. They didn't look quite right, but his voice was what really got our attention. In a loud, monotone voice, he shouted to us, Help me, I need some help. It was like a bored high schooler was being forced to read a line from a play. Sarge handed me a flashlight and told me to go investigate. She said she'd watch my back that she would call the emergency services if needed. I started to walk over and the man was gone. Still, I had to investigate further. I went to the lot and one vehicle had its lights on. So I knocked on the door and waited. And after a moment, a man answered. Have you seen anyone out here? I asked him, wondering if he was playing a prank on me. No, sir. I'm the only one here who seems to be up at the moment. He replied in a voice completely different than the one we heard from the figure. This man's voice actually had emotion and expression in it. I started walking back to the shack and the instant I turned around, all the dogs in the neighborhood began barking for no reason. When I got back inside the shack, Sarge looked at me and asked, why didn't you follow them? I was confused. What do you mean, Sarge? They were gone when I got there, I said. She shook her head. No, they were standing there until you started to walk across the street. Then they went behind the closest trailer. Again, chills flooded over my body. Sarge and I talked about this for a few nights afterward, trying to figure out who or what that was. On another occasion, I was at the new gate and Sarge was on her patrol. She came to check on me. Most nights were dead except for maybe two hours total, so we would spend time watching YouTube on our phones. At one point, she smacked the window and startled me as I was lost in some cartoon. I opened the window, then she asked me, who's with, and then she stopped. She just vacantly stared at the empty doorway to gate two small bathroom. The next words out of her mouth were, I swear to God, there was someone behind you. Even when I smacked the window, they were standing there. I thought she was still trying to startle me, but the look on her face was one of worry a look of confusion and fear, like on the night we saw that man in the lot. After that, she was quiet the rest of the night, and sadly, only a few weeks later, 
she quit. After that, I took her position as sergeant. There was a lot of change in the orders. I would be in the main office, and once a night I'd do a foot patrol of all the posts. This would take about an hour, and I would carry a wand with me, like the kind you see flight crews use to guide planes for takeoff in movies. I would do the patrols around the same time every night. One night before I begin my patrols, I receive a call, and the guard at the back gate is surprised when I answered. If you're on the phone, who's watching us? She said in a confused voice. A bit of panic was slowly creeping in. To ease her mind, I told her that I would look on the cameras. They gave me the figure's location. I checked all three cameras that covered the area, and no one was there. But she continued, I, I can see him, he's standing right there. We thought it was you just watching us creepily, trying to freak us out. The panic was now apparent in her voice as I checked all the cameras over and over. I didn't see a soul on a single one, no one on any of the outside cameras either. The other guard hung up and refused to pick up the phone the rest of the night. When the next shift arrived, she left in a hurry and she never showed up for her next shift. These are just a few of the strange things we saw there. Other guards told me stories of their encounters, but those are their stories to tell. Just remember, security guards see more than just shoplifters and loiterers. They also see the things that go bump in the night. Number two, security job, submitted by Tommy. I work in cleaning services and I do security up in the hills of Los Angeles in an old Christian church. I work the graveyard hours and with that said, I'll start off by adding that this Christian church school is specifically in a remote area in the hills of Turnbull Canyon, which is already famous for its paranormal happenings. This experience happened to me around Christmas of 2015. I was 25 years old and had just started working for this company. Anyone who works the night shift as security knows it can be fun, but mostly boring, but it can be creepy when things get strange. You never know when you can possibly be the victim of some lunatic or some paranormal things. The thoughts of something happening to me were always on the back of my mind when I worked. As security, I spend most of my time either watching YouTube or browsing Facebook. My job is to keep intruders out of the school for whatever reason. On one particular night, I was walking around with my flashlight when I heard a loud sports car storm in through the front parking lot. It was busting donuts and blasting loud music. Then it parks in a parking lot far from me by the entrance and the driver gets out. He's a tall, bald-headed man. He looks middle-aged and he was very, very drunk. I pointed my flashlight in his direction and explained to him that he couldn't be on the premises at first, he laughed and tried to convince me that it was okay. I shook my head, telling him he had to leave now or I was calling the police. He tried to convince me to let him drink on the parking lot. What's wrong with this guy? I finally had enough and without hesitation, I called the police. This obviously infuriated this man. I still had my flashlight on him and he yelled at me with rage, cursing at me for pointing the flashlight in his direction. Then he began to call me all kinds of names, some I've never heard of. And no joke, the guy suddenly pulled out a freaking katana. 
you know, one of those samurai swords. He began to walk over to me quickly with that sword at the ready, but halfway towards me, he turned around and ran back to his car, throwing the sword in the back seat. At this point, I'm thinking this guy really was crazy. Back in his vehicle, the man then drove towards me as fast as he could. I ran back to the church, my heart pounding like crazy, barely dodging getting run over by this lunatic. I was thinking, this freak has a sword and a car, and all I have was a five-inch flashlight. I didn't have a gun, and they didn't give me one for the job. So even though I was a guard, I was basically at the mercy of some crazed, drunk lunatic. Luckily, I did have the keys to every door in the church, so I went inside the office, locking everything up. Suddenly, the lights to his car faded, so I peeked through the curtains of the nearby window, trying to get a look of what this guy was doing. Now he was kicking and tearing up the church flowers in a small garden. He was extremely mad. Just then I see flashing red and blue lights coming through the parking lot, and within seconds, I hear the officer telling this man to get on the ground and all that good stuff. Cautiously and with my hands up, I walked outside over to the police officer so that the cops knew I was there. They asked me a few questions, and apparently the man was not only drunk, but he had also taken a large amount of bath salts. I still work at that church. Only now I carry a handgun and plenty of ammo with me. I never want to be in a situation where I have to wait on the cops, like some sort of damsel in distress. No, if this happens again and I have to wait for the police, I'm going to be the one with the upper hand. Number three, something was curious. Submitted by Nico. I work security for a hospital on Oahu, Hawaii. Back during September of 2015, I was patrolling the hospital grounds around 10 in the morning. I was out back in the oldest building on the property. It's 100 years old, give or take. This building is only one story tall, but it's quite long. It's split in half on the inside, one half has two conference rooms and the other is cold storage, and both sides have their own alarm systems with motion detectors. The conference room side is deactivated during the day for use, while the storage side is armed day and night unless someone goes in and deactivates the alarms. Both sides have their own exterior entrance, but no one uses the entrance on the storage side because the door is blocked on the inside. I enter the conference room side of the building, closing the door behind me, I walk down the hall to the center where the two halves meet and check the interior door leading to the storage side. This hall is shaped like the most irritating Tetris piece, so you walk, turn left, then right, and continue to the end. The door leading to the storage has a 10-digit keypad lock. After checking the door, I turn back. I'm almost back to the entrance when I suddenly hear a click, click from the other end of the hall. I go back through the blind corner and see the door leading to storage is now completely wide open, swinging ajar on my side of the building. I open the door and all the lights are still off. No sounds of footsteps, rustling, scurrying, nothing. I even let out a confused hello, loud and clear, but there was no response. The building is old, wooden, and standing about three feet off the ground. So if anyone was there, I would have heard them moving somehow. I know I don't have the code to deactivate the alarm, but even still, I feel compelled to enter the room 
to see what happens. And I can't walk away either because it's my job to make sure no one's inside. So I did what I had to. I stepped inside and the alarm is set off. It's loud and blaring in my ears. Right away, I radio maintenance, asking for someone to come deactivate the alarm and telling them it's just me. They ask what happened to set it off. I told them that I had to enter the room and when they asked why, I said the door opened on its own. Of course, they ask me to repeat what I just said, so I do, but they don't give me a response after that. Soon, a maintenance employee shows up and deactivates the annoying alarm. We check the storage sign together, but still, there's no one there. I tell him again what happened, and he's as creeped out as I am. This building is old, but the entrance I came through was closed, and all the windows have been sealed because there's AC in every room. The windows of the storage site are boarded up from the outside, and even if I hadn't entered, the alarm still would have eventually been set off by the door being left open, and if someone entered that room, they would have set the alarm off too, but whatever it was, it didn't. And this isn't a I accidentally left the door open kind of thing. This was a sealed door ready to have a password entered to it before it released its locks and opened. I hadn't touched it, yet somehow something opened that door. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number four, horrifying security guard job, submitted by Lauren. About two years ago, my mom volunteered me to help out the makeshift security team at my local high school for an upcoming cheer competition. This team was basically a bunch of dads and their daughters who stepped up knowing they would be paid for basically standing at the exits doing nothing. I was the youngest out of the helpers in the group at the age of 12, running paperwork to the organizers back and forth throughout the school. When I was not doing that, I was patrolling the dark empty hallways with my friend Sid, making sure no young teens were doing God knows what, plus keeping people out or redirecting them back to the cheer competition. The high school had hallways that were laid out like a labyrinth, that you could make one turn and you would become completely lost in the dark. Now keep in mind the hall lights are off because the school was closed. The competition was happening outside. 
Though everything was dark, it never seemed scary to us since we had been at that high school several times before and the dark was not a fear that we shared. Well, not at the time. We ended up going through the hallways on a call that some people saw someone walking down the halls behind the cafeteria. They were seen going through the exit doors that had those little windows to look through. The organizers strangely weren't too worried about us going to retrieve this person as they thought it could have been someone lost from the cheer competition. Plus, the only entrances that were open were where the rest of the security were letting people through. Armed with flashlights on our phones and the bright yellow t-shirts on our backs that had the word staff written on them, we went into the dark hallways. At first, we thought finding this person would be easy since you could hear the music from the competition, so it should be simple enough to follow it back to the doors. But as we kept walking further into the dark, deeper into the school through mysterious hallways, we realized this might be out of our hands. We continued walking until we came to the center courtyard of the school. We found a window weirdly wide open with muddy footprints leading from it as it had rained the night before. My friend Sid turned to me with a look of horror in her face saying, how could someone get into the school? The only other way was to climb over the roof. My stomach immediately got sick. This wasn't someone that was lost. This was someone who had broke in. I was thinking who would break into the school and why. Sid ended up calling the cheer organizers on her phone to ask what to do. They told us to get back to the main office. There they would call the police. Not even two seconds after we hung up the phone, someone or something threw a water bottle or what we thought was a water bottle from around the corner, nearly striking me in the face. Whoever threw the bottle had a strong but strange strength since this bottle went skidding down the hall about 20 yards behind us, fear had finally set in for me as we could easily see an outline of a man or what looked like it hunched around the corner. Slowly backing up, we turned and we ran. Sid was ahead of me and I was right behind her. All the while, we could hear something very large following us through the halls and I could tell by its footsteps that it was gaining on us fast. Now, I was never a fast runner, but the fear of whoever this was catching me made me run through the pain as we came crashing down the hallway doors towards the cafeteria, right into the arms of one of the concerned organizers, and we were both in tears. Whoever or whatever that was following us was scared off when we met up with other people. We were brought back to the main office where we explained our story, not leaving out a single detail as the cops arrived. We were ordered to stay in the office as the cheer competition was put on hold as several cops swarmed the building looking for the suspect. Sadly, whoever it was, they never found them and the thought of them still being out there made me sick to my stomach. My parents never volunteered me for this job again and I lost contact with Sydney who seemed more shaken up than me for some reason. So I never knew if there was more to her side of the story. I don't know if this crazy guy was trying to kidnap us or hurt us. I just hope we never come face to face with him again. Number five, The Babbling Shadow, submitted by Tom. I worked the night shift as security. I was at a location in a small town for about two months. There was a main building and a small guard building outside where everyone had to drive through to get to the other building. 
My nights mostly consisted of watching the CCTV monitors, and on nights when no one else was there, I would patrol the outside area and inside of the building. Well, one night, I was looking through the camera footage as it played live, and I saw some sort of orb appear on camera, the camera outside the side of the guard building. I thought it was a bug in the footage or something like that until I realized it was just floating there. I looked outside to see if a puddle of water was reflecting anything, but my area is in a drought and there hasn't been rain in days. I wrote it off as a camera glitch until the orb began to change shape and I soon saw a mist-like figure appear to be standing directly across the little road that ran past the shack. I looked out the window to the exact spot it should have been, but there was nothing there. I grabbed my cell phone and began to record it with my camera. This is a big no-no when working security. I filmed the figure on the screen for a bit, and suddenly the figure disappeared. This was not anything more than creepy, but I did message the video to my fiance and her sister, who said that it was nothing, that the only thing haunted was the quality of footage on my cell phone. I wrote it off as nothing until October 8th of 2016. I was watching the monitors again late at night after finishing a patrol. As I watched the main building's motion sensor door open and close right as I looked over that camera feed, this shouldn't have been possible. There was nothing there. No wind blowing leaves by, no animals or people. No reason that the door's motion sensor should have went off. Immediately, I was filled with dread and something told me that I was being watched. Then the clicking started. It sounded like someone was flipping the light switches on and off. However, the lights remained on. Then I realized it was coming from the other side of the dropped ceiling. Then another started and another. The noise multiplied until there was about six different clicking noises in the ceiling, all out of sync, moving around in there. I reached into my pocket and grabbed my multi-tool. I convinced myself not to give in to this fear that was grasping me. I did not leave, and I even tried to get a look at what was making the noises. As suddenly as all of that started, there was just one last click, and it was all silent again. The fear and dread left with it, and I sat there nervously watching the cameras until my relief showed up. That was a very terrifying night. I've experienced a lot of strange things in my life, but this was the most dreadful and terrifying moment I've had. Number six, Chains and Shadows, submitted by Brian Watson. I've been a security guard for 15 years, and in that time I've worked a lot of different places from air-conditioned office jobs to high-crime retail areas and bars. I've had to deal with everything from fistfights to even being shot at one occasion. But those are the things you accept as a possibility when you work in security, the dangers you prepare yourself for. It's a different story when the threat you face isn't made of flesh and blood. I had worked for this one particular security company for a few years. It was a smaller company but it was by far the best I'd ever worked for. The other guards were great and the working conditions were not bad at all. I'd been there for a year or so before I was promoted to supervisor. Part of my tasks included checking on the other guards assigned to my post. 
That post was a shipyard in a small place called Bayou La Batre in Alabama. Anyway, I was making my rounds and checking on my night guard. Let's call him Jake. Jake was the company's range officer and weapons expert. He's a big guy who is always ready for a fight. But this night was different. Jake was sitting in his truck on the yard when I arrived. His eyes were wide and I could tell that he was shaken up. Jake of all people, I thought. When I asked what was wrong, he simply said, there's something wrong with this place. I've been hearing things all night. Like what, I asked. Well, chains, he replied. Chains? Yes, chains. For those unfamiliar with shipyards, they are full of heavy equipment, welding machines, cranes, and the ubiquitous chainfall. This is basically a chain and pulley system used to lift and move heavy objects. They require a person to pull the chain and lift it. According to Jake, he was hearing this happen, but there was no one else here. Now, again, I've been working security for years. At that time, I dealt with a lot of strange noises, and more often than not, it's some stray or wild animal getting into something they shouldn't be. Stray dogs and cats are a familiar sight in the bayou, so I was ready to believe that that's what he heard. So we both approached the warehouse where he had heard those chains. As we approached, we both began to hear the telltale sound of chains. It was as if someone had just pulled the chains as hard as they could, like the Hulk was playing with a set of chains like jump rope. Both Jake's and my hands fell to our guns. We moved closer, cautiously, to see what had happened. Slowly, I entered the warehouse. But there was nothing there, no chains, no cats, no intruders. When I looked back, I noticed Jake was still standing outside. I thought he was right behind me to back me up, but he was having none of it. You really just let me go in there alone like that, I asked. You heard those chains. Only the two of us are here. Something pulled those chains, and it's something that I don't want to mess with. I was trying to calm him down. Sure, the sound was weird, even weirder when I couldn't find any chain falls, but there was always an explanation. There had to be. I did my best to calm him down and to keep my composure as his supervisor. As we talked, it happened again, but this time, it sounded like multiple chains were being pulled at the same time. Both Jake and I heard it, and Jake had had enough. He said he was going to finish this shift and never come back to the yard. The following day, I followed up with the warehouse supervisor. I told them about the noises we heard. I said that they might want to check to make sure they didn't have a rodent infestation or some malfunctioning equipment. But the supervisor just smiled at me. They said, that wasn't any equipment. That's the ghost, and I see you finally met him. Ghost? I asked. Definitely. We've all had experiences here. Sometimes it moves things, other times it will touch you. Some people have claimed to see a shadow walking around, but it won't hurt you if you leave it alone. I was stunned. They said this as a matter of fact, as if it was a normal occurrence. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Well, Jake never did work that yard again, but I continued to. In my time there, I learned that the supervisor was right. There was something there. I spent many nights seeing shadows that I couldn't explain, and being alone and hearing those chains was a commonplace thing, but I never got hurt. 
and I never tried to pursue it. Whatever is there is real, and if it can pull chains and walk around, I wonder what else it could do. I wonder what it could do to someone who got a little too curious. If you're scared of the dark, just remember that there are people out there who work eight to 12 hour shifts alone in an old dark building every day. These are the people you know must have seen something during their careers, but you're almost too afraid to ask because some things might just be too creepy to hear. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your doppelganger or double horror story soon at darknessprevails.org. Plus, a big thanks goes out to our newest patron, Jennifer Wadier. Thank you. Stay safe and stay creepy.